0: Your Engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula 1. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Sockey.
3: And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Check out greatlakesdragway.com and Great Lakes Dragway on their Facebook page for all their weather updates, such as today. It's been canceled. No racing at Great Lakes Dragway because of the impending snow, which right now in our studios in Hills Corners, there is no snow. There is
1: none, in Milwaukee County has been reduced to an advisory. Oh. But where Great Lakes Dragway is, I think we're still yeah. in a warning.
3: Down south, even uh, I guess it looks like the the system is is kind of edging a little bit further south than the profiles and the models have said. So be interesting to see how this develops. But we no just, racing. We have
1: today. to wear so many hats today, Steve. You know, it's we meteorologists.
3: This is slash final inspection people. show slash green and gold then and now podcast. In fact, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Jeff Orlowski. Jeff, how are you doing, sir?
4: Uh, I'm only wearing one hat today, so uh, it's comfortable.
3: <laughs> right now we're still at the pick is in for actually uh, round five, pick 146. The Packers are picking at 150. So this is the old adage where stretch, stretch, stretch. So, <laughs> uh, a funny thing uh, they saw on, on the scroll that once again, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have drafted a kicker. Is it is it just me, or doesn't it seem like every about every other year they're drafting, drafting a place kicker?
4: Well, there's a reason why some teams in the NFL are a complete disaster. And, uh, you know, if the last 15 years have showed us anything, it's that Tampa Bay gets a whole lot wrong. Uh, they definitely turned into, you know, when you sit there and you look at Josh Rosen getting traded yesterday, you know, he was a top 10 pick from Arizona a year before, and now he gets traded. I forgot what pick number it was. What was it, 56 yesterday? Yeah. So in one year, uh, his value, They Arizona traded up last season to draft him, give him one year, run him out of town, because they got a new head coach, in Cliff Kingsbury that not one person is sold on, but... For some reason, Arizona is throwing all their, uh, you know, everything behind this guy, and now they take Kyler Murray. So, it uh, there's a reason why the same teams are, are awful season after season.
3: I texted my buddy uh, the Cardinals' record: uh, twenty nineteen, three and thirteen; twenty twenty four and twelve. And let us <laughs> 20, not forget twenty twenty one, two and they fourteen. Beat, Yo, I know. Oh, In yeah, December,
4: yeah, they beat the Packers, but that was, with, uh, that was when Mick, uh, McCrappy was still here, <laughs> and that was the best loss of the season because after that loss, he got can.
1: I do like the Cardinals' picks they've made today: Akeem Butler and Delante Thompson. Mm-hmm. I think that that receiver from Iowa State, Akeem Butler, he could be. A- Sneaky pick. It sure. isn't.
3: It is interesting, though. I wonder how the people in Michigan feel. There's been a bunch of University of Michigan players being kicked. Is it picked? Is is? Are are you think the alumni are going? Well, we got all these players being drafted in these in these early rounds. Shouldn't we have been better? Shouldn't we have given been able to beat Ohio State at least once? I well, mean, their
4: whole defense got picked already. Yeah, they still can't beat Ohio State. So. Uh... You know, that uh, that's definitely puzzling. But I'll tell you, with this Packers pick, I don't understand all the people that want them to go after another wide receiver. You sit there, we took three wide receivers right. in the draft last season. You paid Aaron Rodgers all this money. He's known as the most talented quarterback in the NFL. He is supposed to be able to take C-talent wide receivers and turn them into B-plus, A-minus kind of guys. There is no way I want to waste a pick on another wide receiver this season. You took three last year, which at the time I said was very arrogant, the fact that they took the three three wide receivers, they took a punter, and they took a long snapper. And a team that was full of holes, that was the arrogance of the Green Bay Packers. For them to waste a pick now, even though it is day three on another wide out, would just boggle my mind.
3: It would. It We're going to see here in a, in a few minutes uh, who they pick. Um, CBS Sports weighed in on uh, the Packers pick number twelve, Rashawn Gary, edge rusher from Michigan. I thought this was interesting. This is how what they wrote on the pick. He's very athletic. He's a specimen, but he but it doesn't translate on the field. Where's the production? He could end up being a great pick, or he could be a bust. There's no no in-between. It's either feast or famine, and there is a shoulder concern. He may have to have soldier, soldier surgery. Mike Clemens, who's been reporting up in Green Bay, though, have kind of tempered that uh, support. We hope that the Packers uh, staff has looked at their shoulder, and it shouldn't be an issue. Gary says it's not an issue, but they gave the Packers uh, that pick the grade of a C-. Do you agree with that, Jeff?
4: Yeah, you know, uh, I I don't know everything about Rashawn Gary. I'm not one of those that's going to read somebody else's draft analysis and try passing it off on my own. I definitely saw Michigan play two, three times last season. He was not one person that I was queued in on on that Wolverines defense. So, you know, do I know everything about this kid? Absolutely not. You know, some of the highlight films that they've showed where he does get double-team, triple-team, stuff like that, You know, it definitely shows why maybe his production wasn't there and why other guys on that defense were putting up better numbers because he was attracting so much attention. However, do I know that that occurred on every single play, which is why, you know, his numbers weren't there? No, I don't. So, you know, I'm not – I do enjoy college football. I don't have five hours to watch every college football game. Um you know, since each game takes four hours plus. So I, you know, I'm definitely not an expert and I don't pretend to be one and I don't play one on TV either. And I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So I'm more of a let's wait and see kind of guy when it comes to these guys. And, you know, and legitimately we're not going to know for about three years. I just hope that he can stay healthy. I heard what you did, Steve, where the labrum isn't a huge issue. Even if it is torn, uh, it's something that he can play the year out with and then just get a, quote-unquote, clean out in the off season and be ready for training camp next season as well. So I don't think that's the biggest issue. But when you do have questions regarding uh, his heart and his desire to play, and when you're trying to sit there and play the kid out of position yet again, those are the red flags that make me more nervous.
3: Well, they're thinking with the speed and with you know without having a hand on the ground that the one thing you're kind of protecting them a bit because of that, especially the shoulder too. If you're playing them in an upright position, so maybe that's part of the the how they you know figured it in that that the shoulder issue isn't as big as they think. And then they the doctors should have given them a clean be, bill of health too. What I like about Darnell Savage. Is and this is what I've been hearing from a lot of the analysis is, uh, is that he's a perf- perfect complement from uh, with Amos who we got from the Bears. So I do like that part where you got a kid with speed, kid is fast. He's he's an instinctive, and it's going to be a really nice dynamic between those two safeties. So what do you think about that?
4: Yeah, I definitely think that those guys uh, have a chance to sit there and work well together and mold well together. Uh, you know, yet again, it's, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. There's a reason why a lot of these guys, a lot of the guys that get picked in the top five year after year are complete quote unquote draft busts because they just, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's health, whether it's desire, whether they eat themselves out of the league, Eddie Lacy. you know, there's reasons why some of these guys don't work out uh, attitude, Ryan Leaf, all that kind of stuff. So, You know, it's definitely a crapshoot. It's not a perfect science. You just got to hope that with all the misses that Green Bay has had over the last, you know, eight years, 10 years, that finally we're due to have a very impactful draft. And it couldn't come at a better time because the Packers need it now more than ever in order to turn the corner and to make the last four or five uh, good, productive years of Aaron Rodgers' career. And you know to be able to make a, a significant uh, push to win another Super Bowl,
3: you 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 kind of shake your head because you you know I know you know they all say rearview mirrors fifty fifty or twenty twenty vision when you're looking at rear rearview mirror. But it would have been nice if you had uh you know T J Watt at this point. Would, would there have been a need to draft Gary at this point?
4: Well, exactly. And you know the Steelers moved up and took that the linebacker from uh, from Michigan that Bush kid. Uh, who the Packers had their eye on mm-hmm. as well. So there's, you know, back-to-back years that basically the Steelers stole your first-round pick. Um, you know, obviously Pittsburgh's known as a, a linebacker. You know, they love their linebackers out in Pittsburgh, and uh, they do a great job developing those guys, and it seems like a the perfect kind of Steelers pick there. So you're always going to sit there and, and think, what if? Now, the fact that Gudikins went and that Savage was the first guy, first safety slash, you know, defensive corner that was taken in the draft. So he had his pick of the litter out of that entire group of guys, which, great, if Savage is his guy, you know, and that's who he wants to put uh, his, his name and reputation behind, fine. But you also have to realize that you're going to be judged on the production of every single person at that position that got drafted behind Savage. So if all of a sudden Savage is, you know, a C to C minus kind of player and that's his career, but you've got the guy that the second defensive backfield guy or the third that was taken after him, and all of a sudden their Pro Bowl going to go to the Hall of Fame. There's a mark on you as well, so it's kind of a, a risky pick.
3: Yeah, the Raiders. It was the I thought it was the Cowboys. I think they might have traded that to the, to the Raiders. Uh, so Raiders at yep. pick one forty nine. That was a trade. Uh, they picked a Hunter Renfro from Clemson, slot receiver. Yep, and it would have been. I know there's a lot of Packer fans. You you know you and I have talked. That don't really want them to go wide receiver, but that would have been a so, guy.
1: Clearly, what happened here, Oakland got tipped off. Yeah. That the Packers might have been taking Renfro. It'd be interesting. What do you think, Jeff? Went ahead and traded up.
4: Well, I'm glad that they didn't take Renfro. Um, you know, but uh it's his back to back seasons where I wish that we would have had uh the Steelers choice. You well, know. So. The pick is
1: in for the Packers.
4: All right. Try to
1: get that live as as possible here. Um if they do, you know, I don't think they're doing every some teams they're doing announcements. Right, But they the last pick they didn't do here on NFL Network. It's so interesting. We'll, we'll see.
3: It's interesting, Jeff, how they said they weren't going to pick for need. But isn't it ironic that the four picks were all needs?
4: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We're just going to pick best player available if it's at a position we want it to be. So, <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. They You know, they all lie to us. Craig Council says uh, lineups aren't important. But then he comes out in spring training and says, you know, Yelich bats second because you always bat your best player second. Uh, Shaw and Jesus were struggling, and so they dropped down all the way to, like, seventh in the batting order at some times, and And ball who was seventh and is red hot, has gone all the way as high as third. So, you know, they all feed us a load of bull. But, is, that, uh, is, is that the hottest
3: hybrid receiver or, uh, position in the NFL is the white slot receiver. Is that the new popular thing to do now?
4: It seems to be and you know how Packer fans love themselves their white whiteouts. so he would have uh he would have been a hit here for sure. So, but like I said, I'm glad they didn't take uh take that position and I'm kind of anxious to see I hope they go linebacker here.
3: It would have been it oh my gosh, the the callers would have loved it on Monday. He would have been. Oh,
4: we love it, Randy. Yeah, I really like that Renfro guy. They got, they got they got the fifth round. Oh yeah, yeah. They would have figured out a way to butcher his last name, and then Renfro would have sold about you know fifty thousand jerseys by now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the NFL Network is figuring out a way to drag this out, despite it being day three, aren't they, Steve? Yes, they are.
4: Well, uh, you know, at least you oh, The last couple of years, they're always in commercial when the Packers pick.
3: Here we go.
0: Your 13-time world champion and Art soon Tauscher. to be 14-time world champion,
3: Green Bay Packers, with 150th pick in the 2019 draft, select Kingsley Kike, defensive end, Texas A&M. There it is.
4: Kingsley uh, Kike. Okay. Well, I like, uh, I like the position. You know, Philadelphia showed us a lot. The year they won the Super Bowl uh, by just – Having that never-ending string of fresh defensive linemen that they were able to shuffle in and out of the game at will, and uh, they ro- they raised the Lombardi Trophy that year with a backup quarterback. I like uh, I like that I like the position. I I don't know much about the guy, but I like the position. Well, he was
3: at he was at the combine. Uh, Kike, who became a full-time starter in 2017, lining up for all 13 contests and stopping 54 ball carriers. times for losses, including a sack. Found himself in the backfield more regularly as a senior, breaking out with 51 stops, 11 for a loss, with a team-high seven sacks for the Aggies. He was a four-star recruit, all-state pick from Richmond, Texas. Started the the final nine games for 2016. He's uh, 40. Combine results. He did not do the bench press. He probably has a bad labrum. Uh, He did 4.95 in the 40-yard dash. And of course, the most important thing is broad jump 111 inches. Wow! So when you see, when you see the guys running in the secondary and they do that broad jump,
2: uh-huh. when they're
3: chasing the quarterback, that's always good to know that he can do 111 uh, inches. But six foot three guy, 288 pounds, defensive end, Texas A&M, 34 and a half inch arms.
4: Well, you can never have enough big uglies. So that. Uh... You know, it's it's like I said, it's a, a good position. Now they need to address the linebackers, um, you know, if and hopefully nothing happens. But, you know, if, if Blake Martinez goes down, we're in a world of hurt because that guy is just a tackling machine. He's all over the field. We definitely need more depth at that position.
3: Yeah, it was interesting that the Redskins and the Cowboys were looking at him, uh, and he was projected to go to the Cowboys, so. Interesting pick there by the Packers, Jeff. Thank you so much. We appreciate the uh, the extra bonus time with you, and uh, we look hearing uh, looking towards to hearing uh, you next week. We're, we're...
4: Yeah, sounds good, boys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, give me Clint Boyer for the win at Talladega.
3: Clint Boyer, book we'll it. Yes, give me sure. give me a give me a long shot too.
4: Uh, long shot. Give me. Um... Oh, long shot, long shot. Give me Ty Dillon.
3: Okay. So we got so. Boyer and Ty Dillon. Very yeah. good. Okay, Jeff, right. we'll talk Enjoy to you next race, week. Guys. All right, thank you. That was Jeff Rolowski. Joining us on a Great Midwest Bank hotline.
1: Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019? Look no further and call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank providing simply local, common sense lending to your community since 1935.
3: Coming up next, David Land from YouTube on the final
0: inspection show. This. His final inspection with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan.
3: And hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Unfortunately, Great Lakes Dragway is closed for today because of an impending blizzard, which has not arrived yet. But uh, make sure to check out Great Lakes Dragway on the Facebook page. To check out if they are early, if they're going to be open or closed. That's where the best place to get your up to date announcements on weather concerns at Great Lakes Dragway. And also, thank you, David Hobbs Honda, once again for supporting us. Uh, They are open today, so make sure you check out David Hobbs for their new and used car inventory. Check out DavidHobbs.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from well, recently in Indianapolis for Indy 500 testing. It is YouTube's David Land. Welcome to the show, sir.
2: A blizzard? Holy smokes, it's almost May. You guys well, are still getting snow? <laughs> it's
3: weird. We're supposed to get somewhere between three and six inches of snow, but according to the weather, they said it was supposed to have been already snowing. We haven't seen a drop or a flake. So, um, but I did talk to my buddy in Chicago, who's on the west side of Chicago, uh ordering my George Fulmer 917 10 RC Cola car I want you to be jealous David um and uh, I, you you they were getting big flakes there but it wasn't really sticking
4: hmm.
2: Hmm. I am jealous of the of anything that's a Porsche 917 I have well, to say that I, I don't I, own cuz that's just I will
3: car. I, I will give him a free plug here the Motorsport collector my buddy Paul Zimmerman has uh he's selling these George Fulmer uh nine seventeen tens that were used I think in the seventy three season uh RC Cola on sale for like fifty five dollars. Check it out. Ooh. one eighteen scale.
2: Okay, that's very tempting. <laughs> it very
3: is. It's one of my favorite Can Am cars of all time. So and plus I love George, friend of the show, George Fulmer. So you were in Indianapolis. It was funny because and this is this is you know, I'm working and I, I I I, I I take a break for lunch and I get the get my get the live feed up there and it looks absolutely beautiful there. We got cars in the track and we got commentary and everything. Just like the old days when they used to have when I used to come home from from work, and they have uh, Bob Jenkins and Derek Daly doing the you know the day by day stuff on on ESPN. I'm thinking, no, oh, this is what what better way to spend your lunch watching cars at Indianapolis? It just looks beautiful. And then I, I texted you, and then I'm finding out. Well, just after that, <laughs> the heavens opened up, didn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was definitely not one of those days at the track that was particularly productive. Uh, it was it was off and on with rain. Uh, I think they actually ran cars on the track all the way up until 8 p.m. local time. And uh, that was kind of unprecedented. And, uh, and still, most of the rookies didn't get their orientation or the veterans didn't get their uh, refresher courses uh, completed. So it was it was a bit of a mess of a, of a day.
3: And uh, I, I saw your, your walk through the garage area, which was truly entertaining for those who wanted to check it out. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, especially willpower uh, making the aborted run to the bathroom. My, my wife Susan enjoyed that too. Uh, but walk us through. who did you talk with? Did you just give us kind of a thumbnail sketch of how, how you enjoyed your first foray back to the brickyard this year?
2: Well, it was it was crazy. Uh, they uh, they let me in. Uh, they let me they let me have media credentials for the test, which was um, which is very nice of them to do. It was nice of them to kind of legitimize my platform uh, for what it is. Um, and I tried to just use the time to my the best of my ability. You know, get up close to people, talk to folks. I got to talk to Johnny Rutherford. I did an interview uh, with him on my channel about McLaren and their return as a team uh, for the first time since 1979. Um, I talked to, uh, my buddy Colton Herta, uh, who was the fastest, uh, rookie. Uh, I think he was fifth overall on the timesheet, but his speed, his fastest, uh, speed without a toe was the fastest overall, even beating 2017 winner Takuma Sato, who was on top of the, the vet board. So, uh, you know, it was just, it was a learning experience for sure, because I haven't been in that environment before. Um. But I, I'd like to think I, I provided some some pretty good coverage, all things considered.
3: It was it was truly entertaining, and as, especially for those of us, I've usually been able to get down there, but was not able to get down there this week. But you know, it really is nice when when guys like you are, are out there, kind of you know, we we're able to see what's going on through through your lens, and uh, it, it was enjoyable. Certainly appreciate it, and and so much more. With the social media, I mean, if you're not able to get at a race, you know, platforms like yours and other ones are really a truly way to to see that. That was one thing I've always tried to do when when I'm at a race is, uh, especially if you're in the media center or out and about, is that you try and I I think the most important thing for me to kind of get to the fans and that is to show the stuff that they're not showing on TV to kind of give you the full you know picture. Some of the things that they're not focusing on, whether, especially if I was doing a, a doing tweets during a race or that, you know, some of the back markers, some of the stuff they're not showing on TV. And, and I appreciate was certainly what, what you did too, uh, at Indianapolis and looking forward to more, more stuff. Uh, what other things that kind of surprised you, uh, things that you might've seen or people or any other scuttlebutts you're hearing? And I want to talk about Porsche in the next question. So that's.
2: Well, well, speaking of engines, um, there was some scuttlebutt in the paddock that uh, Chevy was being stingy with their engines. You may have noticed that a few mm-hmm. drivers who you would have thought, you know, they've had their programs locked up for, for months now, like Pippa Man, uh, Pato Award, Sage Karam, they weren't there. Uh, and apparently, their teams had cars ready to go; they just didn't have an engine to put in them. Uh, and then, uh, kind of spinning off of that, the man. That we saw had a lot of mechanical issues was not Honda early on in the season. It was Chevy. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Max Chilton actually blow an engine. Uh, Fernando Alonso and J.R. Hildebrand were having electronics issues. So it, it was uh, it wasn't a good look for the uh, for the Bowtie Brigade. And uh, conventional wisdom is that they have the best super speedway engine. So. Uh, reliability could be a concern for them i mean we saw in 2017 uh, that many of the fastest hondas when they had the best package fell by the wayside in the race
3: and i i this was really interesting you've been on top of this story about the the manufacturer that possibly coming into the series we've heard bmw which makes a lot of sense but now we're hearing another german uh, manufacturer
2: aren't we yes okay so this has gotten more complicated uh, it got even more complicated last night because uh, Racer ran a story saying this is not going to happen. But it was reported last night or uh, yesterday that uh, by Adam Stern of the SBJ, he's incredibly reliable. I've had him on the channel before. Uh, he's a guy who gets it right 99% of the time. said that IndyCar was in talks with Porsche to bring uh, them back to the series for the first time since 1990. Uh, I ran with that story yesterday kind of did a, a bit of an editorial piece kind of uh, surprised I think many of us were surprised that uh, Porsche was looking at at uh, as, is looking at single seater racing as as legitimately as they have been recently because of course they've got the confirmed Formula E program and then you add this theoretical IndyCar program to it that was the, that was a surprise what has broken today and something that I need to talk about later on today on my channel is that Marshall Pruitt has come out and said that, yes, there are talks. They started in Daytona, but as far as he is aware at this point, they ended at Long Beach, and Porsche walked away from the table. Now, Pruitt claims that Porsche will not supply an IndyCar engine unless there is some sort of electrification, whether that's full electric or a hybrid, something like that. Um, If they can't build something with some sort of electrification, they are interested. IndyCar isn't interested in uh, in writing rules for, for hybrids, and they don't want to force Chevy, Honda, and any other possible manufacturers to build a hybrid if they don't want to. So that seems like, at the moment, where everything stands.
3: Interesting. That is very uh, – that they would go in that direction because, I mean, that's – I can see that in the future, but right now where the series is at, yeah, that doesn't – I can see them walking away because of that. And you, you think – you know, it's not only from a technology point of view; it would really put the other teams at a, the other manufacturers perhaps at a disadvantage, uh, but also from price point of view. I think that would really significantly, short term, increase the price of uh, racing in the IndyCar series, which is right now at a at a pretty decent place. It could be actually be better. But it certainly has improved over the last five years. I think so, uh, David. Any other final thoughts uh, regarding uh, the 500
2: test? I I well, it was just nice to see cars back on the track. I'm glad it didn't rain the entire day. It did the next day, so I'm glad they got some running in. Uh, I'm excited for the 500 this year. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what's going to happen, especially with the bump day, which of course we were talking about last week. You know, I, I will tell you that I think Fernando may be playing into that. Uh, at the, when we start getting around to it on Sunday, he may be in that bottom three because Carlin racing hasn't looked that great. McLaren has been getting support from them. And now there's a Chevy reliability problem. I think there could be a real shock on bump day and, and that will be something to uh, look forward to.
3: It certainly will. Are you going to be, uh, down in, in Indianapolis for the grand Prix?
2: Yes. Whole month planning on heading out, I Woo-hoo! think on the, uh, the seventh or eighth and I'll be there. Not sure about press passes yet. There's a bit of a hiccup uh, with whether or not uh, I can, what I can or cannot film with a press pass. Right. Because NBC has some things. So I may be covering it as a fan, but but I may be able to get better coverage to my viewers and those of you who may be interested in watching uh, as a fan. So we'll just have to see how that all plays out.
3: Excellent. We will chat about that off the air in the next couple of days. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing you down in Indianapolis. So thank you. And I appreciate your flexibility today, too, with the Packers and everything that's going on with the NFL draft. Because if in Wisconsin. I'm
2: yeah, getting bumped for the NFL. Come on. <laughs>
3: Packers rule in the state of Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, David, and appreciate you coming on the show. We will chat again soon. David Land, make sure to check out his YouTube channel at uh, David Land, L A N D. Great stuff on YouTube. And also follow him on Twitter at uh, D L A N D 91, of course, 91 for Buddy Lazier. Uh, so we'll chat more with you in, in the coming weeks as we get closer to the Indianapolis 500. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. We'll talk a little F1 action coming up on the Final Inspection Show. And welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lake straightway and David Hobbs Honda waiting for a callback from our buddy Eddie Lepine from racingnation.com meanwhile uh final qualifying for formula one at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix or as they call it Mitch the Baku Grand Prix if you can't say Azerbaijan so you just kind of mumble it and say it real quick Azerbaijan
1: what is it called Azure- oh, the, not the country but the oh baku is that french or something
3: baku it's eastern europe it's uh, over by turkey if i recall
1: well, i i, I kind of know where as azerbaijan is that how you yeah, say it yeah i mean i knew it was eastern europe or western russia somewhere in there isn't it one of the countries that when the I berlin think, wall fell yeah 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 yep yeah, yep yeah, yeah. So I kind of knew where it was.
3: And uh, once again, Mercedes on the front row. Valtteri Bottas still edging uh, Lewis Hamilton in the final seconds of uh, Q3 qualifying. And So your front row is all Mercedes. And then uh, Sebastian Vettel, who did have made a valiant attempt to knock uh, Hamilton off the front row and at least to get a Ferrari on the front row, which is very important at this track, uh, on Unfortunately, he wasn't able to. He qualified third with Max Verstappen uh, filling out the second row. Uh, Sergio Perez, good run for him in the racing point to former Force India car, qualifying fifth with Daniel Kafiat, who's always run well at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, qualifying sixth. Lando Norris, once again, McLaren kind of making with Honda making uh inroads in Formula 1 getting better a little bit every week uh qualifying 7th with uh with the Alpha team behind him with Antonio Giovinazzi and Kimi Raikkonen and Charles Leclerc 10th uh, rounding out your top 10 Unfortunately, Leclerc having an incident uh in a rare where rare, rare act of honesty uh Mayor Mitch uh, they asked him what happened. And he goes, "Well, uh, I was on medium tires and I braked uh, where I would because I thought I had soft tires on. He missed his braking point point, went into the wall.
1: A little bit of humility from yeah. a professional racer, young
3: young young driver who has not learned how to lie like a good, well-versed <laughs> like a Wiley Formula veteran. One, <laughs> yeah. widely veteran Formula One driver. So and that's
1: that's across sports. Yeah. I mean, that really yeah, is
3: pretty much yes." So yeah, you he know, spoke hey he's... you
1: have won it you've lost seven out of eight. <laughs> oh, we're fine, you know. Just need to do this, that, and we'll be good. Well, you're you know, you're dead last. I mean the Brewers. Here's yeah. an example, you know. They were exactly. Lost seven out of eight until night. I mean, last night was a nice win, but they were the, the bats for a little bit there. The
3: bats finally woke up in their ten to two win over the net. Against Nets. Jacob deGrom, of all people, of yes. course, too. So. It doesn't get much easier though with Syndergaard today on the mound. No. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And when is the on-deck show?
1: Five o'clock coming up tonight. I believe Ryan Horvath is in to uh, get you set for first pitch. Also, Horvath and uh, Bart Winkler do their Friday night draft show last night. So you can go back and listen to that at 1057FMTheFan.com. That's
3: fact, a lot of content on the draft uh, oh, yeah. out there. In fact, uh, there's a night show. Mike Clemens shows. is out too yep. as
1: well. And, you know, obviously working around the clock pretty much yeah. this weekend. So, um Yeah. Obviously a ton of stuff on the, on the draft on the website. And, uh, he'll,
3: he'll have something on our latest pick. Um, so on KK from A&M, the defensive Kingsley line. Kike,
1: yes. 150th pick defensive end from Texas AM in case you missed it. So Mike Clemens will
3: be, we'll be posting that as soon as we get that from Green Bay. So lots of stuff. I tell you what, let's take a break here. And, uh, cause since we, the, with the Packers at 150th pick that kind of put us behind here, let's take a quick break here. We'll find We'll wind things up on the final
0: inspection show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki, Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan.
3: And welcome back to the Final Inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragaway.com. For all the latest news. Uh, Unfortunately, today they are closed because of weather, but make sure you also check out Great Lakes Dragway on their Facebook page for all the latest updates. You can also do that with the Final Inspection Show, too. Make sure you check out TFI, the Final Inspection Show, on Facebook. Please uh, like us, too. We certainly appreciate that. And while you're at it, you're a Packer fan, check us out, too. Green and Gold, uh, the Green and Gold Then and Now podcast on Facebook. Uh, please all like us on Facebook, too, and also, of course, Sports Radio 105.7 FM, the fan, for all the latest updates and, that. and Speaking uh, like such as uh, draft picks. In case uh, you missed us earlier, uh, Packers had their 150th pick while we were on the air. It is uh, K- Kingsley Kike, a defensive lineman from Texas A&M, so it'll be interesting to see how he develops as a Packer.
1: Guess who went one pick after him? Who's that? Andrew Van Ginkle from e- Wisconsin. Really? Yep. So you had a you had a Badger go about five picks before. Well, I guess it was almost ten picks before. The linebacker went, I think, right. Yep, Ryan Connolly, and then another linebacker right after the Packers picked. Is it Van Hinkle or Van Ginkle? So the G. Van Ginkle. He's from Iowa. I'm not sure originally. So, so. he's not from like Germany or anything. So.
3: And uh, the one guy I thought that would would be an intriguing pick. Was the quarterback from Alabama? Yeah, who uh, actually went to the Patriots in the fourth round? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he, if he would have slipped to the one fifty. I wonder if the Packers would have grabbed him because not and not necessarily as an error apparent to uh, Rodgers, but I think he would have definitely been been a good, viable backup. I always yeah. like the kid. The kid is known as an accurate passer, and I think the Patriots really got a, a good get there.
1: Yeah, Patriots seem to seem to get richer in the draft, don't they, all the time. But mm. yeah, so it's Stidham, I mean, if you're that would have been a guy I would have thought about too in the fourth round, somewhere in there. I mean, that way you you can develop a guy a la Brett Hundley, who they took, I believe, in the fifth round yep. a few years back. And who I liked. Whether or not I he developed or pick. not, you when can... The,
3: when the Packers drafted him, I... I used to watch a lot of Pac-10 games, sure. You know, at, at night, and I, I liked, I liked to pick. I thought, you know, this is the kid that you know we could de- de- develop. Yeah. Now maybe in hindsight, maybe you know, seeing what we know about Mike, Mike McCarthy, and that, maybe he wasn't the,
0: the, <laughs> the great the, quarterback, the quarterback, guru. the quarterback whisperer.
1: Yeah. That he, that he was, you know so advertising himself as uh talladega
3: picks uh and i would like to thank dennis michelson from d media for coming on uh, he's going to go with uh Joey logano we're going to do in two picks this week we're doing your favorite and then a uh long shot pick uh he went with uh Joey logano as his favorite and long shot pick uh uh menard who a fa- uh, fan of the friend of the show and uh jeff jeff rolowski was also on and actually did the pick at 150 live on the show he's gonna go with clint boyer and ty dillon and uh jeff i th- is he in studio next week
1: jeff should be yeah, yeah i do so, believe so
3: uh and then uh mitch who you're going with was it Keslowski? let's see here
1: i'll go with yeah brad Keslowski.
3: and then your long then shot the, pick uh, was david reagan uh
1: jimmy johnson no i'm just kidding yeah i'll, I'll go i'll go david reagan
3: and i I'm gonna miss the garbage with the soda. I'm gonna go with a Ricky Stenhouse as my favorite pick, who's actually done quite well. He's 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 averaging, I think, in the top five of restrictor play tracks. And Matt Matt De Benedetto as my long shot pick, who was doing very, very well at Daytona. Uh, until he ran into some uh, issues there, so
1: no, no Kevin Harvick's here on the final no, inspection show. This usually, there's he's, one. of Yeah, them.
3: he's been a little bit off this year, so it's been all Penske. Penske has been the team. So, um, and then we have Brewers coming up uh, later today.
1: A little bit of Brewers coverage tonight. Yes, five o'clock. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on deck show, getting you set for Game Two uh, out at City Field. They had a two and a half plus hour rain delay last night, um, so that, I really didn't that think game that... went into uh, Saturday I... morning. So it's their second game of the day, I guess you could argue. I mean, at that point, why even play the game? You're gonna have a three hour rain delay, and the game starts at 9:50 local time.
3: You know why? Because that's when New York wakes up. They're like, we're gonna hit some after hours. There's cars. like a thousand people at that game last night. There was nobody there.
1: There, you could you could, you could hear that lady screaming every, after every. Uh, had to be a brewer fan,
3: <laughs> or if it's in Cincinnati, it's the woo. Yeah, <laughs>
1: sound like Vuvuzelas.
3: So, um, like, why
1: even play the game though? At that point, just,
3: you wonder if if
1: the, why not why not call start it a game, early
3: and then just do the doubleheader? Start a
1: game at noon Eastern.
3: The what's your opinion of of the, of the of the that split doubleheader? You know, they don't do the the old traditional doubleheaders. I, I think anymore. The, I think
1: they don't like doing them anymore. Yeah. It's got to be something where I they I mean what. You would know this better than me, you know. Thirty years ago, they did it all the time, right? All the time, wasn't it? I mean, it was built into the schedule. It was, wasn't it was it?
3: built into the schedule. So, which you never. But have. now, with I, I think, well, and I think it's the it's the TV packages too, though. Yeah, you know, you have Fox score, you know, Fox Wisconsin, and you have all these people. I mean, back then, a lot not all the games were on TV. You know, it was it was very it was wasn't unusual for a few games not to be on it'd be a a hundred games tvs television Mm -hmm. schedule of that we're talking you know eight late 80s and that but now yeah it's the the show must go on as they say so yeah late night but a good game for the Brewers. uh 10 to 2 win so it'll be interesting to see what they do today Who's, uh, Syndergaard's pitching Syndergaard for Syndergaard the...
1: against Brandon Woodruff, so hopefully Woody can get back on track.
3: hmm It'll be interesting to see.
1: Hopefully somebody gets through five innings.
3: He's my last remaining pitcher on my fantasy team. I have three Brewer pitchers on my fan to my two fantasy teams. Gave up teams. on all of them, huh? I got Woodward. He's my last. Obi-Wan, you're my last hope. So thanks again for Dennis Michelson for coming on the show. David Land and uh, Eddie Lapine. will have him on next week. So, uh... Looking forward to chatting with those guys. And Jeff Orlowski back in uh, hosting the show. Mayor Mitch, thank you once again. You bet. Fun as always. Coming coming on again. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda.